Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 4th of August, and a bit of a ho-hum day today, but not complaining about that. We like ho-hum days. Ho-hum days means nothing's going wrong, which means the bull market continues as it does. We are up 20 today. The futures this morning were only up 9, but we're led higher by resources. The iron ore price overnight was up 0.41%. We'll come to that a bit later. BHP and Rio were up a couple of percent or so in the US. Bitcoin down 1.7%, by the way. US results season's running into the buffers. Alibaba results overnight, they were down 1.41, sorry, 1.4%. Energy sector in the lead overnight, we'll talk about that in a minute. Infrastructure bill, a massive yawn still. Digs and dealers going on at the moment. Presentations today from Fortescue Metals, Paladin, Lion Town, St. Barbara Mines, a couple of others. A link to the timetable is in the strategy piece today. We've had results from GMA, BWP, GUD. GMA, the only notable mover today, up 7% on the back of its results. CCP had results yesterday. I have put the research roundup of CCP in the bottom of the strategy piece today. Brokers quite positive. Average target price 13% above the current share price. But as you'll see in the numbers, PE of 20 times, yield of 3.5%. Not really ringing the excitement bells, it has to be said, CCP. Bond yields in the US dropping again. The peak everything theme continues to roll through the bond market, but not the equity market market. The equity market just doesn't seem to be worried about the idea that growth may slow. We've got US jobs numbers on Friday and after the FOMC meeting last week it is clear that the jobs market holds the key to the Fed's tapering timetable. So look out for that. We've got a retail sales number today at 11.30. Not expecting much in the way of fireworks from that. I have a chart of the ASX 200 in the strategy piece today. All the moving averages are in the right places. All the short-term moving averages above the longer-term moving averages. It is a bull market. Don't question it until you need to. One little side note you might or might not have seen is that the Chinese look like they're going to target the online gaming sector. The Xinhua News Agency had an article which they've pulled, but they had an article up there which talked about no company should prosper by eradicating an entire generation. They talked about online gaming as being electronic drugs and spiritual opium. As I say, the article's been pulled. But after recent Chinese laws and regulations changed, changed towards private education, food delivery, ride hailing, the idea that they will attack the online gaming market. And I have to say, although they do blunder through knocking over companies left, right and centre, they do have a point. If my kids had never, one in particular, had never seen an online game, I'm sure he would be Prime Minister by now and he's only 18. Eradicated an entire generation of his brain cells. Anyway, he seems to be doing okay. But the price or share price of Tencent in the Hong Kong market is now 45% off the top from the high in February. They have a game called Honor of Kings and the article in the Xinhua news agency offshoot talked about a student who had spent eight hours a day gaming and was calling for someone to limit the amount of time they were allowed to game. Anyway, Tencent not doing terribly well. The idea that they've pulled that article and that there is no official attack on online gaming does suggest there might be a buying opportunity in that stock. But 
whatever. Right, in order to fill the void today, I have a series of articles in the strategy piece today. I have tidied up that small investors versus smart investors article. You can click through to that on in the strategy piece. I have polished that up for the Money Magazine this month. I have a write-up on the RBA meeting yesterday. The message from the RBA was that they are not delaying their tapering timetable. They are going to continue to taper. They're not tapering, sorry, delaying their tapering as people thought just because of lockdowns. Going into the meeting, everyone thought lockdowns would mean the RBA were going to stand back or step back from tapering because of the risk to economic recovery. But the, or the RBA seemed to have taken a leaf out of an article or a point made by an article by Shane Oliver, which I wrote up last week, which suggests that lockdowns might have a short-term economic impact, but it is short-term and the economy rebounds, probably because of pent-up demand, rebounds more rapidly after a lockdown so that the medium-term impact is minimized. So maybe the RBA are thinking that the recent lockdowns will not impact their longer-term economic projections, in which case they will not delay tapering. And on the back of that, the 10-year bond yield jumped a little bit overnight, not overnight, jumped a little bit after the meeting yesterday, as did the Aussie dollar. It got back over 74 cents, just slightly under at the moment. Anyway, you can read about that in the strategy section, all the major points made by the RBA are in there. The main messages were that they they remain committed to maintaining highly supportive monetary conditions and under their central scenario for the economy, the conditions for a rate rise will not be met before 2024. So the housing markets, as they say, continue to strengthen. And all those of you with million dollar mortgages and tiny deposits need not sweat it just yet. I've got an article on the iron ore price as well, or some charts, just to point out the iron ore price has come off from $215 to $181, and yet the resources sector has stayed up. There's no reason to sell the resources sector. The iron ore price could obviously bounce tomorrow, but there does, or it does look like the beginning of a pivot point for the iron ore price, and the resources sector is highly correlated to the iron ore price. Let's just keep an eye on what the iron ore price does. The problem for everyone, of course, is they are trapped in Rio, BHP and FMG because BHP has got results and announcing its dividend on August 17. Rio goes ex-dividend on August 12 and FMG has results on August 30th. No one who is income oriented is going to want to sell them until that comes. Although I could write a book on the folly of holding income stocks because of the dividend. A dollar is a dollar wherever it comes from. It's no good holding a stock that's going to go ex-dividend So you can collect $10 when the share price falls $20. Anyway, on alert for a material pivot point in the iron ore price and therefore the resources sector at the moment. The resources sector is pushing up still, unconcerned ahead of the results. Not surprising, perhaps. I've also looked at APT and the research post the Square Inc. merger proposal. The average broker target price is now 1.8% below the current share price. Macquarie has an outperformance recommendation and a $160 
target price, the current price is $125. The bid price from Square is $138. Macquarie has an outperform recommendation. UBS, as always, has a sell recommendation and a target price 67% below the current share price. I think if I was an APT shareholder, which I'm not, unfortunately, I would still be holding on. Some of the brokers think another bid is possible. And if there was, it would have to be contested and they'd be paying an enormous premium. So that outside chance seems worth holding on for. The APT stock now is going to end up as Square stock next year. So the APT share price, assuming the bid goes through, is just going to follow the Square Inc share price around. As I pointed out yesterday, Square Inc is a typically high growth, high PE stock. If you were comfortable holding APT, you'll be even more comfortable holding a less ritzy Square Inc share price or share. So they are much of a muchness. As I say, I'd probably hold APT for a bid. Square, as long as the market holds up sentiments good, Square looks like a solid growth stock in an industry that's still solidly growing, might end up being a good long-term investment. It's a stock I would look at, or APT, I would look at if the market has a correction and Square Inc has a correction, and therefore the APT bid price has a correction, might be worth having a look after that. Not sure I want to get involved at the Ritzy highs. I've also put some other BNPL research in the strategy piece today. Not much to glean from that. I noticed split it today for some reason. SPT is up 15%. I can't see a news item. I can't see any broker research. I'm sure one of you can answer why split it is going up currently 60 cents. At its peak, it was close to 190 cents. That was at the end of last year. I've also put some research in on energy stocks. You can have a look at that. All the energy target prices are well above the current share price at the moment. And if you look at the charts of the correlations with the oil price, you can see that the oil price is back to pre-pandemic highs and above and the energy stocks are not. They really are dragging their heels. Consequently, most brokers seem to think they are undervalued. The oil search and Santos merger is why I put the research in. The average broker target price is 16% below the oil search share price and 25% below the Santos share price, but it's a, a sector-wide phenomenon. The average target price on Woodside is 25% below the current share price, so the whole energy sector looks undervalued according to brokers. Right, next week we've got CBA results and we are looking for them to take the lead on the normalisation of dividends. It would seem odd that the ANZ and the NAB have announced buybacks. It would seem odd if they are that cashed up that they don't normalise dividends to 2019 pre-pandemic levels pretty swiftly and the CBA will tell us whether that's going to happen or not with their results. The average broker target price on the CBA running into results is 11% below the current share price. On ANZ, the average broker target price is 7% above the share price, Westpac 14% above, and National Bank 4% above. As usual, all the brokers think Commonwealth Bank's expensive and then it outperforms all the others. So I don't think I'd be selling on the back of that. But there is a technical sell signal a few days ago on the bank sector as a whole, an RSI sell signal on a weekly chart, which is quite significant. We'll see whether the results can boost them again. My thoughts are that there is a lot in the price already and the sector usually peaks about this time of year.
year. Seasonally peaks about this time of year. And although none of you are going to sell it, none of you who are interested in income are going to be selling CBA until its dividend is disappeared. Some of you who are not interested in income and more interested in the capital might be thinking about just moving your money into something more sexy at this point in time than a bank sector that has got the Commonwealth Bank on a PE of 21 times. The high, the usual range of PEs on the banks is from 9 times to 16 times. It's at 21 times. Admittedly, that's probably because the earnings numbers are a bit subdued this year, but the sector does not look cheap, that's for sure. And that's sort of what the broker research is saying as well. Anyway, we'll see whether the CBA changes the thinking next week. Right, that's about that. All a bit routine today. All eyes on the jobs numbers on Friday. As I leave you, our market's coming off the top a bit. We were up 35. We're now up 10. Dow futures, as I speak, are down 52. An unremarkable day. You have a fabulous, unremarkable day. I'll be watching the men's decathlon today. As I watch now, the German decathlon competitors just taking a face plant in the long jump. No end of entertainment. I will speak to you tomorrow.